Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
to the Salem Church and all who gather with us in your virtual sanctuary at your home, on your job, even in your car. We welcome you to the sanctuary of the Salem Church here in the wonderful city of Omaha, Nebraska, as we lift up the name of our God on this morning. We're grateful that you have paused all that is happening in your life to join us in this wonderful worship experience. We know that sanctuary is where the saint is. And so the Lord is with you wherever you might be in this moment. But again, we thank you for taking the time to join us in worship on today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful for this opportunity to share in worship and in the word of God. We are grateful that you've brought us to this moment in time where you have allowed us to lift up your holy and righteous name for you and you alone are worthy of all of our worship and all of our praise. We invoke and invite your presence in this moment that as we worship you today, that we would feel the movement of your spirit, that you would rest, rule, and abide with each and every person that's gathering with us in worship on this day. We ask these prayers now in the name of our resurrected and living Savior, Jesus the Christ. And the people of God said together, Amen and Amen. We're going to move forward in worship as our wonderful music and fine arts ministry leads us further in praise and worship.
We've come to the time in our worship experience where we lift those who have requested prayer to the Lord and to the very throne of grace. As always, we want to remember in prayer those who are giving leadership to our country, to our state, to our city and our county in these perilous times. Those who are specifically a part of our church family who have requested prayer, Sister Tony Bryson, Sister Martina Henry, Brother Walter Goodwin, Trustee Ken Johnson, Trustee William Johnson, Brother Jesse Cushion, and Brother Alton Rollerson. As well, we want to remember Brother Ernest Langford, the loss of his Uncle Pardis Cotton and Uncle Benny Langford. We certainly want to lift them in prayer, Sister. Marlene Finley and the loss of her sister Kathleen Renee Finley. I want to remember Brother Thomas Wilson in the loss of his sister Sandra Lockett. I want to remember Sister Diane Kirksey in the loss of her nephew James Johnson. I also want to remember Sister Gwen Pierce Rigsby in the loss of her aunt Deborah Renee Woodall. Sister Mary Armour and the loss of her sister, Modine Naughton. And I want you to please remember my father and my family in the loss of his sister, Sister Rosie Mae Mosby in Memphis, Tennessee. And so we want to remember all of these in prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful for all that you've done for us for your many and varied blessings, for your deep and unending love for each and every one of us. We thank you for the privilege of worship. Even as we are the church scattered, we are grateful that we are able 
to worship you today in spirit and in truth. So we continue to lift up those who are leading during this time of crisis. We pray, God, that you would give wisdom and direction, that you would allow a sense of humility to indwell in those who must come to you for guidance and direction. We pray your protection for all those who are on the front lines, who are serving your people in various ways. We know that you're able to protect and you're able to sustain. Lord, for our country, for our world, we pray, God, that we would not live with a sense of fear. We know that you have given us courage. And we know, that God, that in these times it's needed most. So we pray, God, that your spirit that indwells us would encourage us, that it would comfort us, it would lead, guide, and direct us. And for those names that we've called on today, we pray in the name of Jesus that on sick beds, God, that you would allow them to know that you are present with them. For those who care for loved ones who are ailing and ill, God, we pray that you would give them strength and encouragement. For those who are grieving, God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would give us comfort. For everyone, God, who's under the sound of my voice on today, those who are watching and listening, it is our plea and our prayer that in the midst of the chaos that surrounds us, that you would give us a peace that passes all understanding you would give us a joy that the world cannot give and we are grateful that the world cannot take away. God, we are grateful. We are thankful. And we pray now, God, that you would heed, hear, and answer our prayers. We ask this all now in the name of our resurrected and living Savior, Jesus the Christ. The people of God said together, amen and amen. Again, we are so grateful that you've gathered with us here in worship on today as we lead in worship from the sanctuary of the Salem Church. We praise God for each and every one of you that has continued to support through your prayers and your stewardship in these past few weeks. We know these are unprecedented times and we are uncertain when things will return to what will be called our new normal, but we are grateful that you are still there, that you are still supporting. Uh, we want to ask that you would continue your financial stewardship and your faithfulness through your giving. Again, we remind you that there are various ways that you can give. You can mail your tithe and offering here to the Salem Baptist Church, 3131 Lake Street, the wonderful city of Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. You can, as well, drop your tithes and offerings here at the church office from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. There's a secure tithe and offering box where you can uh, give your gifts. As well, you can give through our website at salembc.org. You can give through PayPal. 
As well, you can support the ministry of the Salem Church through the Givelify app on your phone and through Venmo. And we thank you in advance for your continued stewardship and your continued support. We want to announce, we'll have the details uh, more clear on next Sunday, but on the fifth Sunday of this month, we're going to make our best effort to have a parking lot worship experience here at the Salem Church at uh, 10 a.m. and 12 noon. We're asking you to prepare and be on alert as we get that information out to you in the next few days. Uh, we'll be glad to see you face to face and hear you honk your horns during the preaching and the worship experience. And again, we'll have further details for you in the days to come. We are so grateful to our volunteers that shared with us on yesterday as we gave out food to our community, some 300 boxes of food and milk and case of, cases of water were given out on yesterday. We're grateful for our volunteers and for all who came and allowed us to be a blessing to them. We're grateful because of your generosity, Salem. We are continuing to be able to bless our community in a wonderful, wonderful way. So we are grateful for the continued ministry of the Salem Baptist Church. We move forward in worship now as our music and fine arts ministry leads us further in worship.
We're going to ask you to turn now in your Bibles or on your tablet or whatever device you might be using to my favorite book in the book of books, the collection of the Psalms. Psalm 116. Psalm 116. The Word of God reads, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me, Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death surrounded me, and the pangs of Sheol had laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low, and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Amen. The Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I love the way the psalmist opens this psalm. It's almost as if he wants those who will read this psalm to know, before I continue penning this psalm, let me open up with my love, affection, and adoration for the Lord. He wants us to know before he asks anything of the Lord, or it even explains what the Lord has done for him. He wants us to know that he loves the Lord. And I want, he says to us, I want every reader of this psalm today to know that I love the Lord. Reminds me of the words of one of my favorite worship songs. It says, I love, the, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my king, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Family of God, I need to raise this rhetorical question for the saints in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. When is the last time you just told the Lord that you love him? You know, we throw these words around a lot. I love my family. I love my job. I love my car. I love my church. And all of that might be true. But when is the last time you just told the Lord, I love you? The songwriter makes, makes it easy for us. Says, I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. And listen, family of God, we should tell the Lord we love him because we do realize that he loves us. We should be in a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Scripture reminds us of this, that this is a mutual love and affection association. And the Bible reminds us of this over and over again. Matthew 22, 37 says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your 
soul and with all your mind. The Bible tells us our love for the Lord is in response to his love. In 1 John 4:19, it says we love him because he first loved us. The Bible tells us of that the Lord is working on behalf of those who love him. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And the Bible reminds us that it was his love for us that allowed Jesus to come and die for our sins. 1 John 4 and 10 says this, In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the means of forgiveness for our sins. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us all. And so sometimes we just need to tell the Lord we love him because of his deep and abiding love for us. This psalmist in Psalm 116 opens by making a declaration. He simply opens this psalm by saying, I love the Lord. And then the psalmist begins to move forward by letting us know why he loves the Lord and what he's going to do as a result. And so we see first, this text suggests the psalmist says, I love the Lord because he heard me. I love the Lord because he heard me. The psalmist opens with two simple and yet profound principles. The first principle is that when I'm in trouble, I need to call on someone who can handle my trouble. Listen to what he says. I love the Lord because he's heard my voice and my supplications because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. Family of God, that's a simple and yet profound principle. It's simple and profound, and yet it's not always practiced. We, we don't always go to the Lord when we need to. I, I've learned in life that there are some practical lessons that apply to spiritual situations. Let, let me help you real quick. You see, when I was growing up, there were really two sets of siblings in my family. My three older siblings were born in a span of about two and a half years. And then there was a five-year gap before I arrived, and then my younger sister was born less than two years after me. But there was a, uh, there's a practical lesson that I've learned in retrospect from my siblings that has spiritual applications. You see, my older brothers, Jerome and Reggie, would talk among themselves about whatever they were trying to get my father to do or not to do. But if they ever wanted whatever they were talking about to come to pass, they would include my sister Vanita in the conversation. And then they would send Vanita to talk to our daddy. And they knew if Vanita talked to daddy, what they wanted to happen would happen. 
And so, after, of course, after some observation, as my younger sister and I began to get older, I knew how to get things done. I would talk to Sonia, and I would get Sonia to go talk to Daddy, and Sonia could get things done because Vernita and Sonia were Daddy's girls. You see, all I'm trying to say is that we figured out if you want to get something done, you needed to get someone to speak on your behalf who could influence the one who has the power, authority, might, and means to get it done. And family of God, I'm just trying to say today is that practical lesson has spiritual applications. If you need someone with the power, authority, might, and means to make a difference in your situation, stop talking uh, and wasting your time talking to people who cannot fix their situation, let alone fix your situation. And you need to stop going to other people and go to our God who has the power, authority, might, and means to make a difference in your situation. And family of God, please stop going to people, asking them to go to the Lord if you've not gone to the Lord for yourself. And listen, the psalmist wants us to know when you're in trouble, call on someone who can handle your trouble. Dottie Rambo said it this way, where do I go when there's no one else to turn to? Who do I turn to when nobody wants to listen? Who do I lean on when there's no foundation stable? I go to the rock. I know he's able. I go to the rock. Listen, I'm simply trying to tell you. The psalmist says, I, I love the Lord because he heard me, and he heard me because I went to him because he could handle my situation. And so this psalmist shows us who to go to in times of trouble, and yet with the, he go, comes to us with a second simple and profound principle. The psalmist lets us know that it is good to call on the Lord because when you call on the Lord, the Lord will hear. Listen to the psalmist say to us, I love the Lord because he heard me. He says, I love the Lord, beginning at verse 1, because he's heard my voice and my supplication because he's inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. The psalmist says, I love him because he's heard my voice and my supplications. And it shouts me with the imagery that the psalmist uses in this text on the day. He says, the Lord has inclined his ear to me. The word there literally means to stretch out to spread out, to extend, to bend. The psalmist is saying, no matter where I am, when I pray to the Lord and when I cry out to the Lord and when I call on the Lord, he is never too far from me to hear me. And more importantly, I'm never too far from him for him to hear me. You see, that shouts me. Because even when I may run from the Lord, when I decide to call on him and cry out to him, he stretches himself out and he extends himself. He bends down to my lowly position to hear my cry to him. And saying of God, that ought to cause you to love the Lord in an even greater way. 
because some of us have been in some far out, far away places. And yet we called on friends that would not answer. We called on family that refused to respond. We called on acquaintances who turned their backs and we called on church folk who judged us and walked away or, but when we called on the name of the Lord, he stretched out to those far away places and heard us in spite of us. And when we were in low down places, he bent down to us and came to see about us. Oh yes, family of God. The psalmist says, listen, uh, listen, he says, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. The psalmist says, when I called on the Lord, he heard me. He stretched out toward me. And since he's done it before, I'm going to keep on calling on him the rest of my life. And I wonder if there's anybody in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem church who can uh, shout out right now, I love the Lord because he heard me. And no matter how far I was, listen, he came to where I was. And listen, I'm going to call on him the rest of my life. So the psalmist says, I love the Lord because he heard me. But then he says, I love the Lord because he helped me. The psalmist says, I love the Lord because he heard me. And then he moves forward and say, it says, I love the Lord because he helped me. The psalmist begins to describe the trouble and suffering he had experienced. The description he gives has caused commentators and biblical scholars over the years to conclude that the psalmist had suffered a near-death experience, that he had faced some illness or disease that had caused him to hover closely at death's door. Listen to what it says in verse 3. It says, the pains of death surrounded me, and the pangs of Sheol had laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. The psalmist says, the pains of death surrounded me. That word pains is better translated cords or snares or ropes. In other words, the psalmist is saying that death almost had me tied up. It almost had me wrapped up in its snares. He then says the pangs of Sheol, which means literally the distresses of Sheol, the place of death and destruction laid hold of me. In the original language, it means Sheol had found me. Uh, the place of death had come to me. Let me say it this way. The psalmist says, death and destruction uh, found my address and showed up at my front door. And the psalmist says in verse 4, it was in the midst of these dreadful, dismal, dire, and de uh, desperate circumstances that I called on the Lord. Listen to verse 4. It says, then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. It's almost as if in the text, in the next few verses, that the psalmist gets so excited that he gets ahead of himself. It's almost as if he begins to testify before he gives the pertinent and powerful information related directly to his near-death experience. Uh, let me say it this way. He starts to mix his shout with his testimony. Listen to the words of the text on today, beginning at verse 5. It says, Gracious is the Lord, 
and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low. He saved me. Return to your rest, O oh my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. And you can tell when you're excited about how the Lord helped you, when you talk to other people and then you start talking to yourself. You see, there's a praise in order when you start off preaching to someone else and then you start testifying to your own self. You see, he starts out talking about the graciousness and righteousness of the Lord. And he says to those who will listen, our God collectively, to all who will listen, our God is merciful. And then it gets personal. He says the Lord preserves those who cannot save themselves. He says I was brought low and he saved me. Then he puts the mirror up in front of his own face and speaks to himself. He says, return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. You see, sometimes when you think about how the Lord has helped you in your time of distress, uh, it will make you talk to yourself. You see, every now and then, you just have to put everybody else aside and you have to start talking to your own self. You gotta tell your soul, it was the Lord who helped me in my time of trouble. And in verse eight, the psalmist tells us how the Lord helped him. He says, the Lord delivered me. And he clearly says there are three things that the Lord delivered him from. Listen to verse eight. He says, for you have delivered my soul from death. My eyes from tears and my feet from falling. So he says first, uh, Lord, the Lord delivered me from death. That's how he helped me. As I said earlier, it's believed that the psalmist faced some illness or disease that caused him to face the possibility of death. And the psalmist says, you saved me. You delivered me. You healed me and kept me from death. But then he says, the Lord delivered me from despondency. The psalmist says, you delivered my eyes from tears. The psalmist says, I came through this near death experience. Now after I've survived it, you've taken away the sorrow of the situation. The psalmist says, I don't have to cry anymore about what I've been through. Oh Lord, that you would deliver us from our tears. You see, the psalmist says, yes, I went through it. But thanks be to God, I came out of it. And so I don't have to be filled with sadness and gloom and lose my joy. I made it. And there's no more despondency and no more tears. But then he says, he delivered me from destruction. The psalmist says, you delivered my feet from falling. He says, you kept me from stumbling as a result of what I've already been through. He says, almost lost my footing and my foundation. And really what he's saying is that my footing and my foundation is my faith. And if I lose my faith because I've been what I've been through, surely destruction is my destination. And he says, listen, I thank you that you delivered me from my destruction. So the psalmist says, I love you because you helped me when I couldn't help myself. 
And so the psalmist says, I love the Lord because he heard me. I love the Lord because he helped me. But then he says, I love the Lord and I will publicly praise him. Uh, the psalmist says, listen, with all that the Lord has done for me, because he heard me and he helped me when I couldn't help myself, he says, this is something I just can't keep to myself. He says, this is too weighty, too heavy, too much of a miracle, too much of a blessing and a breakthrough. He says, I love the Lord and I'm going to publicly praise him. He says, this is not something that I can keep in the confines of my own home. This is not something I can keep in the confines of my own spirit and my own mind and my own soul. He says, if the Lord has been this good to me, I need to publicly praise him. Listen to what he says in verses 12 through 19. He says, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? He says, I will take up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord. Listen to this. Now in the presence of all his people, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Oh Lord, truly, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maid servant. You have loosed my bounds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. He says, ends it all by saying, praise the Lord. The psalmist says, the Lord has been good to me even when I was in private. Uh, he helped me and he heard me when no one else was around. But he says, uh, because he helped me and because he heard me, I'm going to publicly give the Lord some sure enough praise. Do I have a witness in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church? Yes, Lord. The psalmist was saying, when I look back over what the Lord has brought me through, I just can't keep it to myself. Do I have a witness? He says, when I get to the church house, among the other saints of God, I will give the Lord some praise. I will bless his holy name, for he's worthy of all of my praise. Do I have a witness today? Somebody here today uh, in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, uh, you ought to take five seconds uh, and tell the Lord I love you.
because you heard me. I love you because you helped me. And I know I'm not on a pew, but I'll publicly give the Lord some praise because he's worthy. I said he's worthy. I said he's worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. He's worthy to be praised. Is there anybody here who knows he's worthy to be praised? Do I have a witness? Yes, Lord, he's worthy to be praised. Yes, he is. I said the Lord is worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. I said the Lord is worthy to be praised. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. That means you, you and you, you ought to give him some praise wherever you are right now because the Lord is worthy to be praised. The Bible says, Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him on the high-sounding cymbal. I said, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. That's why the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You ought to shout on your couch. You ought to shout in your kitchen table. You ought to shout in your den because he's worthy. I said he's worthy. I know the pews are empty, but I'm starting to feel all right. There's something on the inside trying to get on the outside because he's worthy. I said he's worthy. Worthy. I said he's worthy. Worthy. I said he's worthy. If you know he's worthy, wherever you might be, say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. 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 Yeah. 
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mm. Yes, Lord. Go ahead and get your dance on at home. Come on. Give him some praise. Come on, give it to him. thank God for his word today. Those who are listening and watching, you ought to tell him I love you because you hurt me. I love you because you helped me when I couldn't help myself. And because I love you, I'm going to give you some public praise. Well, I want to say to you today, if you are listening or viewing and you don't know the Lord, I want to let you know that he has come to help you in a way that you couldn't help yourself. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for our sins in our stead on Calvary's cross, shed his pure, perfect, and holy blood in our stead so that you and I might be saved. And on the third day, he was raised with all power in his hand. And so if you're listening and watching today and you've not received that help, the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, we offer you the opportunity to know him today for yourself. Romans 10 reminds us if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And if today you want to make that confession of faith, Wherever you might be, wherever you're listening from, or wherever you're watching, you can make that confession of faith on today. You can be saved today. And if you wish to do so, you can call the number at our church, 402-455-1000, option three. There's someone waiting to greet you, to pray for you, and accept you into the family of God. Or if you're saved, but for whatever reason, you don't have a church home, you don't have church family, we're inviting you to become a part of the Salem Church. And again, if you want to be a part of our church family, please call 402-455-1000, option three. There'll be someone waiting to accept you and welcome you into the family of faith here at the Salem Baptist Church. And so while you are, while you are pondering at this moment, we're praying for you. Why don't you give your life to him even now?
We pray that you've given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ on today. He loved you enough to die for your sins. He wants to save you, he wants to give you life, life abundantly, and most importantly, life eternally. We thank you for joining us in worship from the sanctuary of the Salem Church here in the wonderful city of Omaha, Nebraska. We are grateful that you've taken the time to share with us in worship. Pray that you join us again on next Sunday at 10 a.m. As well on next Sunday, our Word for Your Walk broadcast on WOWT at 11.30 a.m. We are grateful for each and every one of you. We are praying for you, and we pray that you not only pray for yourself, that you would pray for one another, that you would pray for the ministry of the Salem Baptist Church here in Omaha, Nebraska. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful. And as the psalmist says on today, we love you because you've heard us, because you've helped us. We are so grateful for your presence in our lives. And even now, as we end this worship experience, we know, God, that wherever we are, you are with us, and so sanctuary is where the saint is. So bless and keep those who have joined us in worship. We pray for every household that's represented. We continue to lift up our city, our state, our country, and our world, knowing that ultimately you are in control. We pray that you would allow your blessings to overflow in the lives of your people. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God across this city, across this state, this nation, and the world said together, amen, amen, and amen. We yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.